save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Welcome to the Week 7 Preview Show on the Burgundy Network Podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, joined by Brian Murphy. We have a special guest today, my guy from the Burgundy and Gold Report, Adam Aniva. Adam, welcome to the podcast, man. We're going to break down some uh, Cowboy Hate Week. For sure. Sounds good, man. I feel like, you know, even if you are in that tanking mode right now, if you are a diehard Washington fan, some part of you wants to beat Dallas. So, Brian, we've been talking about, you know, how how – important that pick is and some people are leaning towards you know wanting that number one draft pick and just tanking where do you stand right now are you full on on beat dallas are you ready to start tanking look i'm never gonna cheer for us to not beat dallas don't get me wrong (laughs) uh you know if they end up the season with with only three wins total i want those last two wins to be against dallas but uh, yeah, you know, I don't think this team is going to really have to tank. I just don't think they're very good. We, we'll, we'll talk about it eventually, just with who's going to be playing wide receiver. That being said, I, I still hope they go out there and light up Andy Dalton. They punch the ball out of Zeke's hand a couple times. Like, I want to see them uh, take this team down. Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, there's there's just nothing in my body that says we I don't want to beat Dallas. It's, it's always been that way. And it, I feel like it's the same way with the Eagles and Giants, too, with the NFC East. You, you just have to beat Dallas. I always say, if we're 2-14, and 14, I don't care as long as that's 2 against Dallas. It's a good season to me. So, Adam, appreciate you coming on the show, man. How are you feeling? I know you're the scout guy. We're all talking about picks. Are you in the tank mode, too, or are you ready to beat Dallas? Not at all, man. You know, you know, hate to take the, the, the cliches of the self-scouting, but that, that's what's going on for me, too. I've got, you know, <clears throat> one eye on another draft picks, but then another eye on who we have. And I think, although we've played better teams, with Dallas, you're talking about C.D. Lamb, Cooper, you know, and everyone that they have on that court, including Elliott. So I think that they they made a step in the right direction by pulling Apke. I'm not sure Everett's going to be that guy, but I did see Curl getting mixed in, which I like. So what I'm really looking for at Dallas, of course, a win, but I'm looking to see how our defensive backfield responds, especially Collins, because Collins has really got a ton of slack this week. Um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, fans wanted him traded. So to me, it, it's, it's the win's important, but it's more about out of everything is how this backfield plays because they're prime right now to have a big game against Andy Dalton because I've seen teams try to go quick game, including the Bengals, you know, Dallas with him. He's not that quick twitch of a quarterback. So I think this is a team you really can pin your ears back and bring, you know, bring the blitz. But, you know, this is always a rivalry, and I think that, the whole tanking thing, I don't even think that can be a real discussion until you get into December, um, especially for Washington fans. So, you know, to me, this is, again, it's about self-scouting, and I'm looking to see a lot more out of uh, some of the skill players on, on our defense and offense, for that matter. Yeah, this Dallas offensive line went from the best 
in the NFL a couple years back to now just completely, I mean, everyone, it seems like everyone's banged up. I couldn't even tell you who's starting for them right now. And we saw that last week against the Cardinals when they just got mollywopped by Arizona. Zeke had, like, what, two or three fumbles? Like, he just, he could not hang on to the ball. And like I said, with Andy Dalton, it's completely different with uh, Dak Prescott in there. So, Brian, real quick, if you're taking a look at our defensive line, what they've done according to this, you know, offensive line, who's starting, how they looked last week, how confident are you that we can get to the quarterback and uh, rattle uh, Zeke fumbling the ball too? Yeah, I, I feel pretty confident about it, and I like what Adam said. I think Andy Dolan's just that traditional quarterback. He's not going to get out uh, outside the pocket. He's not going to move around a whole lot. So he really is going to be there to, to knock over. And like you said, there's there's that line is banged up. Uh, Collins is out for the season, I believe, and Martin is, is banged up. Don't know if he'll play. Um, so – yeah, this is just an awesome chance for that D-line to, to continue to improve, uh, to continue to build off of uh, a solid game last week and keep that going and maybe get some more sacks. Now, I've had some people actually tell me on Twitter, and I couldn't believe my ears, people said that our defense got worse when we drafted Chase Young. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I don't know it's either. It's insane to say <clears throat> I got in so many uh, debates over that. I, I kind of just had to step back because I was like, that's not possible. But people are saying that we've never given up what's like 30-plus points in four straight games in like franchise history. So taking a look at it, what would you say is a successful game coming out of this? If we're talking about our defense on Monday, what would make you say, all right, you know what, our defense did good? Is it stats? Is it points? Is it yardage? Is it a win? I, I mean, obviously you want to win. That tells you that you're doing well, but – I think just continuing to, to build off it. I think last week, you know, they got gashed a couple, a little bit in the run game, but I think continued improvement, continue to, uh, you know, limit the big plays, get after the quarterback a little bit more. I'd love to see more than, you know, one sack. Um, so there's just a little bit of everything. I think that it's just kind of shown that they're making improvements. Stop, don't make the same mistake. Don't get beat on a 50-yard run by Andy Dalton like you did by Daniel Jones. You know, Please. just continued improvement. Just uh, don't. Don't keep messing up in the same areas, and I, I'll take that as a win for the defense. Now, Adam, how would you assess, as of right now, how defenses look? Because, honestly, if you look at stats across the league, our defense is top 10 in most categories. It's just like what Brian says, limiting those big plays. It's the Daniel Jones. It's a wide-open tight end on a busted communication problem, quote-unquote, on defense. How would you grade them right now? Um, and I also want to kind of segue – how much is our offense hurting our defense right now? Well, you know, it's funny, you know, I mentioned about, you know, fans saying about how the defense is worse last year. Well, you're taking all of last year and then looking at just a small sample size this this year. And you have to understand, you know, these are some really good teams, everyone they're facing. And again, it's not even an excuse. It's just it is what it is. Um, as far as the defense, I, I'm really I'll be honest, I'm disappointed with Del Rio. I thought we were going to see. You know, some more innovation. I really thought finally we probably had, you know, we have a coach that, you know, will be able to use Landon Collins the right, right, uh, the right way. And I'm still seeing him in coverage. I'm still seeing him in positions where I just don't think he's that kind of player anymore. Um, but as far as, you know, my the outlook and everything going forward with them, again, this second part of the season, I think that, again, we have to understand this is a new team, new coach. And I still don't think they found an identity or found a true – you know, combination of 
of their players. You know, at linebacker for, with corner, even at safety, I think defensive yeah. line is the only position, maybe even on the whole team, where you've got a, a, an established rotation. Receiver, you know, that's showing that by injury, if there's not in running back, to me, that's a question too. So you can go up and down the team where, you know, they tried Sadiq Charles, that lasted two snaps, you know. Yeah. Um, so what's, you know, what are they going to do? But as far as, you know, the offense putting them in bad positions, you know, that's a huge issue. If, if they're, you know, other teams are getting a short field, the defense was just on the field, you know, they're gassed. And I think losing Ioannidis was bigger than even I thought. I think that he adds so much to this rotation. Even at limited snaps, he may, he has the best production at limited snaps of anybody on the team. So I think that, you know, it really exposed what they don't have. I think there was a little bit of, um, you know, false sense of reality, I think, with Ryan Kerrigan against Philadelphia. I think that was a really bad offensive line. I think a lot of... Uh, plays came to him and I think since then we've really seen that he isn't really worth what he is in my opinion I think Chase Young is another one that you know he got going and there got there's some tape on there on him now so this is the program this is not college so it's going to take time for all that to get going um, but right now I think going into the bye week I, I'm looking for them a rebuilding or not I'm looking to see some moves here I'm not looking for Washington to be trading first second even third round picks I'm still looking for moves for players you know what they can do because I don't think you just uh, call it in right now and you know tank it for the rest of until the draft because I think there's teams out there that are trying to unload certain players you know the whole Julio Jones rumor has been really gaining steam lately you know I'm not buying it and especially for a second round if you want to talk about something else I think you know someone's got to take on his salary and give a second round I don't think there'll be too many teams maybe a team that's a player away but he's just one example there's going to be some guys available out there so if Washington doesn't make a move, and you know, right now we're seeing um, Kyle Smith is being promoted to pro um, scouting too, so he's not just with the college, so he's going to be involved in this. So if they sit this one back and you know don't deal Haskins and don't really make any significant moves, I personally will be disappointed because I think that as, as a one in five team right now, even if you beat Dallas, you're in no position to you know go the rest of the season with you know who's on your roster. I think you've got to make some kind of moves to show that you know you're looking to find an identity and get them, go in the right direction. Yeah, I think a lot of teams are actually kind of feeling out the trading, um, and we've even seen the Vikings looks like they're having a big sale yeah. on everybody. Um, right. And something I said today was I think we should absolutely call about Anthony Harris and Riley Reef. For sure. Um, because we need safety help and we need some offensive line uh, studs. And, and Riley Reef is all pro. Uh, so, I mean, I think we need to reach out and make some kind of moves. Other than that, I'm not trying to buy into like these giant contracts like Albert yeah. Hainsworth that's just going to stick around right. and cost us down yeah. the line. Um, but I made a list of guys last week, Adam, um, saying that we could potentially be shopping. Um, it was Dwayne Haskins, Ryan Anderson, Ryan Kerrigan, Sheriff, and even possibly Landon Collins. If you had to give a percentage that any one of those guys or anyone else on our team would be traded before the deadline on November 3rd, what percentage do you think would you, you'd give it? I'd give everybody below double digits with the exception of Haskins. I think that they'll definitely try to make something happen. Unfortunately, as time goes by and the more I hear Ron speak, I don't think there's a plan for Haskins, but I think they might have some issues getting what they want. So I think I put the Haskins, you know, somewhere around, you know, 25 to 30 percent. Like I said, with the rest of them below 10 percent, I don't think that they're going to move any of those guys. I think they'll go the rest of the year and see how they can go with them. And, you know, I think Ron Rivera has shown that, you know, he'll 
or maybe even ride it out a little too long with players like that. So I'm not. I'm expecting more like they'll try to you know maybe acquire some players rather than you know fire sale and get rid of some get rid of their guys. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean he kept Kyle Allen. Uh, when he right. was starting, he kept Cam Newton around until like what the end of the season when they finally let right. him go. Um, but one thing I've been thinking about, Brian, is with Haskins, like keeping him until the draft. What if a, a quarterback hungry team misses out on their quarterback in the draft, and now they're kind of scrambling around? Do you think that's tempting to Ron to say, let's hang on to Haskins in case a team like Atlanta misses out on their quarterback and they're you know desperate for a quarterback and they reach out to, about Haskins? Do you think that's much of a possibility, or do you think we should go ahead and trade him now while he has somewhat of a stock? I yeah I, I don't know what what stock he has really that's that's the issue to me mm-hmm. is that I, I don't really know what you're gonna get for him I don't know that teams have been super impressed with what they've seen so maybe you do hold on to him and maybe you're right maybe a team gets desperate but I, I think they they should try to move him uh, sooner rather than later I think that you know like Adam was saying I don't think that there's really a future here and it seems like as each day goes by that seems more and more clear so. I don't know why you wouldn't try to get rid of them um, as soon as possible. And maybe they're trying, and maybe they're not getting many bites. I mean, that could very well be the case. But uh, I, I think you got to get rid of them. Uh, you know, I, I hope it w- would work out. I just don't see it working out. And I think you got to get, you got to pull the trigger before it becomes too much of an issue, too much of a distraction for this team. And the te- and a team that's already struggling doesn't need any more, you know, bad press. Yeah, if Kyle sure. Allen keeps sucking, you're kind of stuck. Like, well. <laughs> do we go back to him or what do we do? Right. Do you heard his stock could it potentially go up? Um, but speaking of picking up guys, we did pick up Robert Foster, uh, someone that me and Adam know from Alabama. Shout out to Foster. Um, but he obviously can't pull this week because of the uh, cover restrictions. Same thing that happened with Le'Veon Bell. So we will not be able to see him this week. Um, I'm sure he's going to get practice uh, with, during the bye week. Um, so Adam, just real quick, what you've looked at Foster, what has stood out to you and what does he bring this to this team that makes you most excited about this pickup? I just, I like, like you know, his t- quick twitch ability. I like when he gets his hands in the ball, he's not just looking to go down or get out of bounds. He's always looking to make a play, but he's not someone that's throwing his body on the line. I just like, he's, he's really silky the way he plays. And, you know, I'll admit it at Alabama, he kind of fell through the cracks. It wasn't a guy really you know, had my eye on coming out the last couple of years. Um, but um, I don't think that that was the same thing with Cam Sims. He wasn't on a lot of people's radar until, yeah. you know, he made it to Washington. But the more film I watch, I just see, as I'm, I'm writing an article about it, because I think the way Turner's offense has right now, there's no identity to it. Um, there's not much of a run game. It seems that everything is, you know, within five yards. I think when you have players with his type of, you know, granted it's 4 for one speed, he plays a lot faster than that. I think these are the kind of breakaway players um, that, that Turner needs right now and you know they're basically safety blankets when plays break down so I think Foster will you know he'll definitely be needed even though he's not going to play this week and he'll so he's got a couple weeks to get acclimated I think that you know although Ron was basically saying even if he could um, be active this week and there was no COVID restrictions that he still would probably have to learn the playbook I don't buy that I think out of necessity he would definitely play this week too you know, and I think you're going to see players like Jeff Bidette and, and, and Tony Brown getting promoted from the practice squad now. So I don't buy that whole narrative. But um, I'm, I'm still excited to see some of these young guys because, like I said, right now it's about winning, but it's also about self-scouting. And, you know, see the, the type of players that they have on the back end of the roster that, you know, going towards the end of the season, you know, these could be the next Steven Sims, you know, who's, in, in my opinion, even though it's toe injuries, kind of flamed out a little bit. 
but these are, you know, quicker versions of him. So I'm a little I'm more intrigued to see what they have right now than, you know, Steven Sims coming back from injury. So it, it, it's kind of an interesting time as a fan and an evaluator. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, yeah. Brian. Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's a great point. You know, I, you know, I, I want to see this team win, obviously. And, you know, the, the division is very much in reach, as sad as that sounds, you know, that they could still potentially pull something off. But I, I, we said it after the, the post game, after the Giants, that, that a lot of this is going to be evaluation time. And, and, you know, I don't know that Ron would ever say that. I don't think he will, that it's not about wins and losses as much as it is evaluation. But this is a chance for, like you said, a guy like Foster, a guy like Bidette to come up and make a name for himself and to potentially, you know, cement himself into the future of this team. So even if you win, you lose, whatever, there's still a lot that can be gained from this, and hopefully you're starting to put together some building blocks for this team uh, moving forward, and maybe you luck into a guy like Foster that he kind of signed off the scrap heap, and he ends up being a contributor down the line. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot to, to look at, and, you know, we can laugh about the receivers that are going to be out there because it's not too pretty outside of Terry McLaurin, but you never know. It could be, it could be Ch- uh, Cam Sims' chance to really – you know, take a hold of this thing and, and, and run with it. He hasn't really had a chance so far. And so so maybe there are a couple of stories like that that come out, and those are quote-unquote wins, even if you don't win on the uh, on the scoreboard. Yeah, with Foster, you mentioned it, Adam, uh, his speed. It's noticeable to the point where Terry McLaurin was asked about it today, who was faster <laughs> between the two. Um, and Terry said he's not going to even find out about a race. He's just going to look at the 40 times and go at that. Um, but with Foster, like you said, I... Um, I put out this video on Twitter, got a lot of attention, and a couple people came back at me. So I wanted to address that. When I said, you know, we finally have a deep threat. When you think about it, yes, Terry's obviously a deep threat. Me and Brian have been begging for Terry to go deep. When you only have one guy on the team that can go deep, defenses like aren't like, oh man, Edmund might bust a 60-yard gasher on us right now. Like, no, literally the only person that's active that can go deep right now is Terry. So it's a little, it's easier to stop. Um, and we saw Scott last week call up more deep plays. It just didn't happen. Defenses covered it every single time. As soon as Kerry t- came over the top, the safety helped on that side. He didn't need to help on Inman's side because he did a, like a little 10-yard cut. Like it, it's, it's predictable. When Terry's going deep, he's the only guy capable of doing it. So I think this gives the defense two people now that you have it to account for. You can mix things up. You can send Foster deep, even uh, bat it. And I want you to talk about him soon, Adam, because um, you're doing that article uh, but I just think it's it's adding someone like that gives you more. It's going to help Terry out. It's not going to be predictable as, oh, Terry's going deep. No, it could be batted. It could be Foster. You never know. So I think that's going to open it up more. But at the end of the day, it's on Kyle Allen to get that ball out, and it's up to the offensive line to give him the time to. Um, as something else, it looks like we're getting a change this week with the offensive line. Um, it looks like uh, Sadiq Charles, with him being out, it looks like Jerron Christian is now out. He did look good at practice today. And Cornelius Lucas is coming in. So how many rotations is this now, Brian? Is this like our fifth offensive line combination? I mean, that seems that might seem low. But, yeah, it's definitely a bunch of different guys out there. I mean, when was the last time the same five guys played back-to-back games? It's been a while. It looks like Morgan Moses has been the only consistent one. He was the one getting a lot of hate going into the season. Uh, but, Adam, I want you to talk about Bidette because Ron said these are these guys that are going to be coming up for this game. He's mentioned with uh, Tony Brown also. 
So with your article, just give us a little preview of that. What can we expect from both of those guys on Sunday? Um, you know, although Bedette's had limited experience in the NFL, you know, he was uh, originally with Oklahoma and he was actually a transfer to Kentucky. Um, he was with the Vikings practice squad. I was in 18 and then got a concussion in 19, something else. So he's had these little nagging injuries, nothing that, you know, red flags that he's injury prone. Um, after that, he actually was in the um, Dallas Renegades XFL draft. You know, he definitely, you know, from what I read, had coaches were impressed with him before, you know, the league ultimately folded. Um, so, you know, what you see out there for him is just that guy you talk about, you know, a deep threat. And I agree with what we're saying about McLaurin. I look at McLaurin more as a playmaker. He's somebody that can get the ball in five yards and make a big play. We talk about deep threats. We're thinking more like Deshaun Jackson, mainly that the ball is mainly traveling 30 to 40 yards in the air as far as deep threats. And that's what Bedette is. I can look at Bedette as, uh, you know, a Deshaun Jackson kind of mold as that guy that can, you know, he's not going to be too, he's not going to blow you away with his digs, his comebacks. But if you send him on out patterns, you know, he's going to get open. So it's just going to be a matter of getting the ball. So what do I think he can offer this week? I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where Terry's going to get a ton of attention and coverage. So this is going to be a game for Sims, Inman, um, you know, we're talking about Brown, but especially Bedette, if they're going to, you know, utilize the slants, utilize a lot of those motions and, you know, some of those um, jet sweeps I've been seeing from the last game. So as I mentioned in my article, although Turner's been kind of predictable and not really um, innovative, I did see improvements. I did see a lot more pre-snap motions and, you know, an attempt to, you know, show the assemblance of a, you know, of a zone read, even though there's, there's no threat of a run that, but, We'll see with Bedette. I think you're going to see him, you know, maybe on some end arounds. You're going to see some plays, some trick plays this weekend. I think he's going to be the one you're definitely going to see involved in that. Because next to McLaurin, I don't think you're going to see any of those six five guys taking any kind of jet sweep. So look for Bedette to really get involved in some of these uh, trick niche plays. Yeah, talking about how impressive Dallas's defense has been this season. It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. They're allowing 36.3 points per game, which is atrocious. 479 total yards a game. Oh, no, 419 total yards a game. They allow 245 passing yards allowed and 173 rushing yards per game. 173, that's a lot of rushing yards. So, Brian, if you're Scott Turner, what kind of game plan do you have with J.D. McKissick, 
and Antonio Gibson. We've talked about how our running game is a quote-unquote like our short yard passing game. Do you kind of turn this more into a running game with those two, or what's your game plan for those guys? Yeah, I think you got to certainly try that out and maybe have them out there uh, at the same time, something like that, uh, get it going. But, yeah, this Dallas defense is bad. It's really if – there's if there's an opportunity for this Washington offense to finally break out, it's got to be this week, right? I mean, it's got to be. Like, they got to take advantage of this, this awful Cowboys team that made – Baker Mayfield look like a, an all-pro quarterback. I mean, they, they've got to at least show some signs to me. Again, you know, it's we go back, Is it, what does a win look like? What does a loss look like? I think, you know, putting up some numbers on the offensive side of the ball this week is is crucial. you you, you got to be able to. You should be able to against this team. They should be able to run uh, around on them a little bit. I'd love to see Terry have a huge game, and I'd finally love to see Antonio Gibson, you know, have that solid – huge game that we we know he's capable of and that we've seen some bursts of so th- this team has got to show me something on the offensive side of the ball you know I think we talked about how vanilla Scott Turner could be and how much was he limited by the personnel that he has but this week he's got to show me something Kyle Allen's got to show me something because you, you, this you read out the stats it's awful for that Dallas defense and they, everybody else has done it to them why not Washington on Sunday? So I'm looking forward to this to to be a, a shootout. You know, to see them put up some offensive numbers, uh, get creative, and, and and make something happen. Yeah, I mean, this is the week where you got to be critical of Kyle Allen, whether it's it's bad or good. Like this is to me like the most transparent. If you can't do anything against this team, then that kind of tells me you're not prepared for anything. Um, so I think that um, we do have a game plan for him. And something that Lake Lewis actually brought up today that I thought was interesting is he said, what if we lined up Antonio Gibson on the other side of Terry as a wide receiver? Because he <laughs> did have a more natural wide receiver role yeah. at Memphis. <laughs> Adam, I hear you laughing. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Do we do J.D. McKissick as a running back and Antonio Gibson as wide receiver too? Or what are you thinking? That's why I love Lake, man. Like, honestly, man, he is the realest dude on the beat. I was on a show with him last year, and he was talking about some of the things that, you know, conversations he had with Haskins and McLaurin, and he gets it. Um, you know, I've wrote already two articles about Gibson, and I have no problem with him playing running back. I think, actually, that's a good position to put him at. But, you know, we saw with Marshall Falk, we've seen with players in the past, you don't have to limit him to that kind of role. We saw what Marshall Falk did on the greatest show on turf. He wasn't just sent out wide on screens, on bubbles, things like that. He was sent on legitimate routes. And right now, I would say you have um, Antonio Gibson that's at the level if you know you want to go on video games wise you know he's in the 80s as far as you know low 80s as far as receiving ability he's in the he's in the mid 60s for for running back ability because he just doesn't have the experience to understand um you know creases holes you know cutbacks he's still his learning vision. That. his vision is still yeah. getting established yeah. and it's not that he's not going to get there but in my opinion if you want to get the best out of him you're going to line them up out wide. You're going to have McKissick in the backfield. And that's why we talked you know, before the year. We saw that in Carolina when he did that with, you know, McCaffrey mm-hmm. and, you know, both receivers over there with, with, with Moore and, and, and the other one. Um, so I don't really understand we don't, why we haven't seen it. I'm going to go on the, you know, optimistic side. and think Dallas is going to be a great opportunity to have both in the backfield. Hopefully you're going to see Gibson because, you know, this guy's got, you know, four, three sub speed. So, Hopefully we're going to see him sent out wide on routes because I think that's the best way to utilize him this early on. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'd love to see that too. See these guys start out wide, motion back into the backfield and vice versa. Because you're right, we saw that all the time in Carolina. And I think that'll help out the quarterback too, whoever it is, you know, Kyle Allen, or I think it would have helped out Dwayne Haskins too. It helps you to read the defense a little bit better. If you see a guy traveling with Gibson out of the backfield oh, yeah. in, into the out wide, you know, if, if we're motioning a tight end out of the backfield, it kind of lets the quarterback see, okay, that's what the defense is doing. That's how they're treating this guy. So yeah, right. it's a, it's a perfect opportunity and you've got a guy that can exploit a weakness, whether it be in the backfield or whether it be out wide in Antonio Gibson, it makes too much sense not to do it. Yeah. We're not going to beat guys on straight up matchups. So we right. have to do right. it based off of schemes and just catching exactly. them off guard keeping them guessing so i'm for it late maybe you know if scott turner doesn't work out we can promote Lake Lewis. <laughs> he's on the that. field anyways so uh, i just thought that was really interesting because like you said adam back in april during the draft um you know if you watch his tapes he, he was he was a pretty pretty darn good route runner he understood that wide receiver role pretty well but like you said he's still learning and ron's talked about it he's learning that running back role at a professional level and like you said with the vision and stuff you see it there's sometimes you want him to just stick to that first cut but he goes out to where there's nothing on the other side sometimes it works out but sometimes it doesn't um but if you're scott turner this is the week where if you have something up your sleeve you want to try or you just want to you know test guys out and see what they're capable of like this is it going into the bye week what would you say is the biggest concern on the offense and what could you correct in the uh, bye week adam um, it's obviously the protection, you know, the play calling is the issue, you know, the quarterback play, I think, you know, stats get fluffed and, you know, it's ironic that Ro- the Rivera talked about, you know, Allen stats because, you know, Dwayne Haskins had, you know, similar stats against Arizona, but granted they were in the giants game. So it's more valid. I get that. Um, but right now the way it's working out, I think they tried to dig Charles and I think there could have been some gains with that. So I think when you're going against Dallas, you're going to have to have a lot more max protection because, you know, people are talking a lot about Dallas's defense, but they still have, you know, good linebackers and they still have a good front. So this is a team that can still get four, five, six sacks on you. So, you know, let's not sleep on that. It's their, it's their defensive backfield. It's vulnerable. Just like Washington, they have a lot of the same issues. So to me, it's getting that offensive line figured out. You know, Brandon Sheriff is back. You know, what are they going to do? You know, Martin, Man, I'm really disappointed in, in his maturation. I don't know if it's, you know, the, the coaching or what, but I think we've also seen them take a step back after losing Callahan because I think he was valuable as an offensive line coach, and I think we're maybe kind of seeing seeing that position suffer a little bit. But to me right now, if, if, if they can't give the quarterback any time, like a lot of people say when they respond to my articles, it, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is or the receiver. So right now getting that offensive line at least solidified enough to give the quarterback an average amount of time to get rid of the ball, that's what we need to see. Yeah, I mean, for the love of God, I just want to see Wes Schweitzer start. I don't care if it's left or right side. Uh, I think, you know, coming in the way he did, I think he did an awesome job. And like you said, I feel like in the bye week, your rotation, especially in the offensive line, like you need something stable. You can't just have a different guy every week. And I understand the injuries and stuff like that. But your quarterback wants that to be consistent, and the offensive linemen want to know what they have right beside them. I feel right. like that whole communication, we talk about it on defense. I feel like there's communication problems on the offense. Like, oh, I thought I was supposed to pick up that guy, but he didn't. Like, those kind of things. I feel like you need to get that. 
Um, so I, I, I pray to God, just put Wes Schweitzer. I don't care where it's at. <laughs> I think he's yeah. been the best guy we've had so far. And I've talked about not wanting to pay Brandon Sheriff long-term. But, Brian, so I'm going to ask you, come Sunday, Dallas-Washington, what's the biggest key matchup and what could win this game? Is it a Kyle Allen fumble return for a touchdown again? I I hope not. I, I, I hope that the, that these the secondary – uh, can make a play off of Andy Dalton, make something happen that, and you know, it starts with the pressure by the front seven, but I, I'm looking at the, uh, the matchups of the uh, Cowboys wide receivers. Uh, I want to see Kendall Fuller, how he matches up where he's lined up at, how he, how he does against them. Cause he's balling right now. And can another guy step up and maybe take away or help to take away one of those other guys, you know, you know, they got Cooper and lamb two potential uh, first receivers and then Gallup, you know, they've got all kinds of weapons. So I'm just interested to look at the uh, secondary, specifically the corners. Uh, I can't wait to see Kendall Fuller up against some legit wide receivers. And, you know, I think if if those receivers have their way, it could be ugly. But I think if, you know, the, the pass rush gets home and forces a bad throw, which we saw Andy Dalton do a lot on Monday, uh, you know, that, that could be a game changer in Washington's favor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dak went down, but Amari Cooper's still there, like you said. I know. Those weapons are still there. <laughs> they didn't go right. anywhere. He was leading He was leading in the NFL. I think he's still leading in the NFL in passing yards, even though he's not playing right now. I think he's still either first or second now. Um, but definitely, that's what I'm watching in that defensive front for us. We have to get to Dalton. We have to get to The, the uh, interception Kendall Fuller had last week was caused by Chase Young being right, right. in Daniel Jones' face. Yep. Like That's what's going to create the turnovers. Adam, what are you looking at other than uh, their wide receivers against our secondary? Other than that, um, I'm looking for Montez Sweat to have that play. Like you're talking about the game changing play. I think this is the game. I've been seeing him every week getting closer, his, you know, getting more pressures, just hustling downfield. Him and Young, like I'm seeing that same kind of hustle. But I think this is the week with, you know, the Cowboys tackles, you know, they're on second, third stringers right now. I think this is an opportunity where you're going to see Sweat get a strip sack and he's going to, you know, he'll, he'll get a touchdown score off of that. I think that's going to be the big play. That's going to be the matchup. Uh, you know, I think we'll see Young and um, Sweat be moved around left to right, similar they did uh, last week. But I think they're going to see more success because I think even – even though the Giants' offensive line was also had its issues, I think they definitely had you know some talent there. Um, but I think Dallas, they're definitely lacking talent right now. I think they were one of the strongest units, and now they're arguably you know next to Washington one of the weakest units. So I think that they'll have an opportunity to really you know attack on the edges against Dallas. And I think if you do that against Andy Dalton, you're just basically pushing the pocket up, and he's going to walk right into you know Deron Payne. So I think that that's going to be you know the game plan is just bringing everything from outside and you know, let it come to them. Yeah, it's one thing to be bad like we are, but it's one thing to be bad and have that kind of roster. Like, the Cowboys still on paper could very well be above 500 right now. So I feel like, you know, we we can't go into this as in, oh, you know, they're 2-4, and four, we're just in a bad division. Like, you have to respect who they still have on the field. And I feel like this is a chance for our defense to, you know, go back to the guys that were blowing up my mentions saying, oh, this is the worst defense we've had in a long time. I mean, we're giving up 27 points a game. I feel like they shouldn't get above that. I feel like we should definitely hit under that. So I'm going to go ahead and start off predictions. <laughs> Vegas has us right there. It's close. I think ESPN said we have a 60% chance of winning. Vegas has us as a one-point favorite. Um, the over-under is at 46. I would say that's pretty good considering yeah. how sloppy this game should be. 
Um, if I had to go predictions, I'm going to say 23 to 20 Washington. Wow. You just uh, took mine, bro. Really? That's exactly <laughs> what I had because exactly I'm, I'm thinking about those field goals. And, this is the you know, what it'll be like redemption. In, the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's exactly where I see it, around 23-20. Awesome. Brian, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't have enough faith in this Washington team. I know. I, <laughs> That's I, I the think, spirit. Let's go. <laughs> I, I think I think that this team should break out offensively, but until they actually do it, I, I just can't trust them to put up, put up enough points to win. And I still think, like we said, the weapons are there for uh, Andy Dalton. It's whether or not he takes advantage of it. So I think it's going to be a, like a 27-21 Dallas type win okay i could see it i just feel like this is a this is a game where our defense has to have success like you look at the matchups we talked about i don't see a way where it's like chase young doesn't have a strip sack like montez sweat doesn't have three sacks like something terrible has to go wrong andy dalton has to throw for like 300 400 yards for them to not be good being down being down here in atlanta there was the uh, adrian claiborne game against the cowboys i don't know if y'all are familiar with that a couple of years ago but they they were down tyron smith and adrian claiborne came in and had like an absurd number i think he might right. have four sacks or four something. or five and, sacks i remember yeah yep. i i think you're right that that potentially could happen and i would love to see that happen i just i i've seen it too many times where we should do this should sure. do that and it doesn't happen <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it's, it's one thing for the Cardinals to beat you. The Cardinals are a good team. We're not a good team. Yeah, you still have to yeah. put some kind of effort into beating a bad team. It's never an easy win, even if Vegas, for some reason, still has us as a one-point favorite. Um, but we're definitely going to talk about it Sunday afternoon after the game. Uh, Brian, this weekend, I'm going to Tennessee for the game. Where are you going to be watching the game at, Brian? I'll be watching it at home. I, I'm not. I'm not the kind of person to be out and about. I need to watch it at home by myself. Adam, what about you? No, I'm the same. With my girls and my family, you know, we watch it all together. It's a, it's a weekly thing here. So, yeah, no, I uh, we're we're in the country up north of, of New York. So, you know, we have some places to go to, but you know, I, I'd rather be at home, honestly, especially these days. Yeah, you can't wear your jersey <laughs> exactly. out in uh, New York. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm I'm like I said, I'm gonna be out with my buddy. It's his birthday. He's a Washington fan. Thank goodness. Um, so I'm sure we'll stop somewhere in like Tennessee and watch it like a sports bar or something. It's go. neutral country. They're a bunch of Titan fans. Like, just gotta watch out for the volunteer fans. That's the only <laughs> thing I'm worried about. So Monday, I, go ahead, Brian. I was gonna say I went to the uh, Titans uh, Washington game a couple years ago. They were great fans. That was a great stadium. So yeah, you good people around there. Yeah, the Neyland Stadium, Tennessee. I've never been to it, so I'm excited to see it. Always wanted to go to a Titans game just because uh, Derrick Henry's there now. So mm, let's sure. see what he's tearing up in the NFL. Uh, but we'll definitely talk about it. But, Brian, closing out, Monday morning comes. What's the headline with this game? Uh, I think that the offense takes a little bit of a leap, and I think that Kyle Allen starts to solidify himself a little bit. I don't know if it's a breakout game, obviously, by my pr- predictions, but I think that he kind of shows he has a command of the offense limits the turnovers and uh, make some plays. Adam, what's your headline? I, I agree. I think he'll he'll do enough going through the bye. I think, you know, maybe he has an interception, but I think he reduces it. He has at least, like I said, two touchdowns. He'll move the ball, you know, well enough and, you know, he'll keep off Alex Smith for another couple of weeks, but I, you know, as much as I hate I hate to say it, I think that ultimately that's where we're headed, you know, in the next couple of weeks cuz I think Ron Rivera knows that Alex Smith is on 
the payroll for the next couple of years and they have to make it, even though it should be an obvious decision from the be gone, I oh, think yeah. he's going to want to see what he has. So I think that it's a matter of time for that. But I think Kyle Allen will do enough this week. I don't think he'll blow any of us away. But like I said, I think one of these young receivers, you know, one of these, you know, or even Gibson will step up and have a really huge game for them. Um, but uh, I, I'm looking for them to go on the bye with, you know, a lot of questions still on the defense and, you know, maybe they have, uh, you know, a plan uh, as far as maybe they're going to trade for an offensive lineman or, you know, even a tight end. Because right now that that's another aspect of the game. The rust that's really concerning is that their lack of they're they're promoting undrafted free agents now from the, the practice squad for tight end. So that, that's concerning. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll be an evaluation period. But, you know, I think they'll walk off. You know, I think it's been, a, what, two years or more since we beat Dallas. So I think they'll get that win and it, it'll bring the spirits up enough. Uh, going to bye week, but uh, if they lose, man, that that'll be a long bye week for them. Yeah, you know this team's hungry to get a win, especially against Dallas. I think Kyle Allen will be serviceable. I'm not expecting some like crazy performance, uh, but I think he's going to do enough to get the win. But I think the main headline is just going to be defense gets to Dalton. Uh, I yeah. see Chase Young having his biggest game of the season. He's the one guy that every single play is pumped up. And I feel like that's going to magnify even more against Dallas. I think the whole defense is going to feed off of that. We saw how the defense got pumped up when Fuller had that interception. And right. they had a great second half against the Giants. I think that momentum is going to keep going. I think it's going to be enough. I think we're going to have a victory pot again, Brian, on That'd Sunday nice. afternoon. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's been a long time, man. We forgot what that feels like. <laughs> but sure. we will definitely see you all Sunday to talk about the game at the matchup and pray that it is a victory. Like I said, if you're any kind of a Washington fan, you at least want to beat Dallas. So we will see y'all Sunday. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.